It's intercepted by Hawkins for the Bears. Unbelievable. To Asia Thomas for three from the left wing. It's good. 29 to 20. California leads the largest lead of the ball game. Thomas in the left wing will pass it off to Rase Caldwell. Wide open three, and it's good. 37 to 26. Uh, shot that's no good, and three separate putbacks by Christina Digue, and one for the senior. Now up top to Forbes, who pulls up from deep. Splash! 56-52, Cal. Welcome in to Bear Talk as we get set for another edition with myself, Sam Wiseman, Nash Solomon, Ryan Zimmerman, and Lisi Ludwig. Hello, everyone, and once again, welcome into Bear Talk Nash. Not the highest energy intro. I know you're disappointed, but not the highest energy. No, I'm not disappointed. Listen, listen, not the highest energy weekend for Cal basketball, I, I got to say. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Cal women's basketball doing really well, snapping out of a losing streak. Cal men's basketball now 0-6 in Pac-12 play. Got a coaching shakeup in the Cal football world and the Super Bowl all to talk about all today. So, as we get set... For a great night of Bear Talk from 9 to 9.30 p.m. Pacific Time every Wednesday night here on KALX Berkeley 90.7 FM, let's talk some Cal women's basketball. Sweep of the Washington schools for women's basketball. That was definitely the bright spot of, of the weekend. It was the fifth annual Schoolhouse Haas game this past Friday. Like 4,000 screaming elementary schoolers were at Haas Pavilion uh, for the Friday morning game. Any giveaways? Uh, no, the, the giveaway was, was, a, was a burst eardrum for anyone who was in attendance. They got all those kids screaming. <laughs> they even got you with headphones on? It, even with headphones on, Ryan. It was uh, it was not good. The, uh, it's good. Get an get extra crowd out there. Look, it, was a, it was a great atmosphere. Second biggest crowd of the year for, for Cal basketball. Most of them uh, very small children. And then, uh, then on, on Sunday, uh, Bears made a late run. Ended up with their first uh, pair of back-to-back wins since uh, 2018. So, Ryan, you were there for that one. Yeah, I was. I was there for the Washington game last Sunday, and the big takeaway from this homestand for the women's team, it was all about riding the ship. Before that weekend, they had lost three out of their last four conference games, the exception being a win against USC. Well, they, but, they dropped five of six, starting with the UConn game, with that, that Harvard loss, too, right? It was, uh, it was not... Not pretty, and I know I talked to Coach Gottlieb the week before, and it, you know, she was talking about it as a chance to change the narrative, and I think we had some of that interview for you last week on Bear Talk, but they, that's what they did, right? They changed the narrative, and that's, yeah. that's, all, that's all you can ask. Yeah, they went back to playing their brand of basketball, you know, playing through Anigwe and involving a lot of the other role players. I mean, Anigwe last game, she did her usual thing, broke, Broke 30 points, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, let me go back. She averaged. And look at the stats from last Sunday. Yeah, she had exactly 30 points, 18 rebounds. You can contribute with a bunch of players around the perimeter. Asia Thomas, Rasay Caldwell, Mackenzie Forbes. That's their game. Go through Anigwe and then use her to open up their secondary options. Well, Christina Anigwe definitely. Uh, if not the national player of the week, top three in the country, 29 points, 20 rebounds she averaged over those two games this weekend. Those are fantastic numbers. In fact, uh, uh, she is Pac-12 Player of the Week for the third time this year, and she led the NCAA Women's Basketball Starting Five that uh, the NCAA puts out every week. So another set of accolades for Christina Nigue, and we talked about her leadership and how important it would be, and it definitely was. They've snapped out of their uh, two-game skid, and now they 
will look to a tough series against the Mountain Schools. Colorado probably going to be an easy win for a women's team. They have uh, shocked you say that. Well, Colorado Kennedy, you're a Le- big homer. Kennedy Leonard's out with a uh, with a right knee thing. And she's yeah, she's a right knee injury, and she's been like she's their star. She's their Christina Nigue. Nice. So going to be an easy win there. But Utah, if not ranked this week, they're about to be ranked. They're they're a really really uh, up and coming team this year. They got three freshmen who are all averaging approaching tournament class. They they are ranked right now. They're twenty first in the country. Yeah, they got three freshmen who I think are all averaging above twelve points a game. So uh, it, future's looking bright. Yeah, future. We're, we're almost the tournament play. It's almost March, baby. It is almost Pac twelve tourney's coming up. We might, we, you know, we might, no we're right in the core of Pac-12 play right we now. We are. We're right in the middle. But for uh, for for Cal, they'll have those two games, Colorado and Utah, and then four straight games against ranked opponents. They got the Stanford home and home, and then they got games against Oregon State and Oregon. Oregon, right now, number five in the country. So can't imagine Oregon State's too hot. Oregon State's number eleven in the country. Really, this is women's basketball. It's the only sport they're good at. It's, it's still surprising. Oregon State's one of the worst recruiting teams in the whole conference. Well, in know, every sport, you know, Washington Except State baseball. Washington State for women's basketball. There's so few prospects in that area of the country that of their eleven players on the roster, six are international and three are from Hawaii. They only have two players from the lower forty-eight. One's from South Dakota and one's from Nebraska. Well, whoever's in charge of recruiting other deserves a raise because they're working their tail off. Well, they got fired actually. Coaching wow. change this past year, oh. but uh, you know. Okay. Speaking of coaching changes. Well, let's let, let's get to that a little later. I want to I want to okay. Nash, I, I know we got a lot to talk about this week with with Cal football, but first I think I, I think I have a, a little bit of an appropriate transition as we start to talk about Cal men's basketball. The Bears are what we thought they were. What, what they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull bull We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's Dennis Green on uh, on the Cal Bears, I think. That's a late, great R.I.P. Oh, man. Everything he's saying is straight fact. It is, right? It's. So, I mean, it's we put so, so much stock before that. Well, we really didn't, but it seemed like no, maybe, maybe Sam was. We put stock into this team. This team has what not What are you made- talking about, Nash? You put stock into this team. I pegged their win total at nine, and you're right. That may be, that looks like at this Way point. Way too high. We'll yeah, be you're lucky right. if we even break eight. I'm not even going to say we. I don't play for the team. I don't associate with the team. I don't watch the team anymore. I watch them on TV, but I will not go to Hospital Pavilion. It's just embarrassing. I, you know I'm you know going out of my way to Hospital Pavilion to watch them play. They're literally giving away tickets for tomorrow's game. I'm not, their attendance is at come to our games level desperate. That's just a well, sign of the time. And there's only, there's only one person to blame, and it's themselves. You got to move on from Yakeem Jones. He tried it out last year, brought in all these new freshmen. Look at all my new toys. Let's see if they can progress. They really haven't. Just the swing looks good, but I don't, I don't know if I can say he's he's gotten better. He he's elevated his game to another level. He seems like he's still the same player. They brought in some good freshmen this year, but like I said a couple weeks ago, maybe this team can be decent when guys like Matt Bradley and guys like Justin Swing are in their junior and senior year. But guess what? That's not how college basketball works because the next crop of freshmen are going to come in and they're going to be a lot better than your junior and seniors. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Yaking Jones because uh, he had a press conference today where he, he talked to the media ahead of uh, this series against Colorado and against Utah. And here here are the happiest 30 seconds from this press conference. You know, but but the spirit is there. Um, oh, yeah. The fight is there. Uh, we've had some We've had some really good practices. We have to be able to put together two halves. 
and when a team makes a run, we have to be able to 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 come back from that run. Uh, against UCLA, 58-54, cut it to four, and couldn't get over the hump. Um, and I and I really think that 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 when we are able to win a game, I think we can take some momentum from that, and um, and hopefully do some good things after. That was that was the happiest thirty seconds of today. Uh, I'd like to nominate those thirty seconds for most obvious statements of the year. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I, and it sounds like a bunch of excuses, like oh, four point gap, we cut it to four. You know what? Congrats. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like at this point, it, it, he just doesn't know what's wrong with the team, and he's just trying to come up with things. Because you listen, you, you if you watch that whole press conference, it's all about Viking just talking about. Well, I think this is wrong, and then no, no but well, here's but the it's thing. really he tried to parlay the the inexperience of the team into a good thing because he's because he said that they. Well, of they, course he's gonna. He's Said they, they don't get complacent when they see certain plays being run. They they're they're like veterans and that they've seen things before and that they well, they take it easy. Of course he's gonna say that. He doesn't want to get experienced players on the floor. He literally hit the reset button after year one and brought in almost a whole new roster. I'm just saying at this point in the year, it's it's a little bit iffy to start talking like this. It's why are you? T- you should talk about it like this at the beginning of the year when you're making when you're talking about how inexperienced your team is well, at this point. He's trying to sell the team. Play, because cause obviously you got to sell tickets. We all know the athletic department's in debt. We all know Chancellor Chris, Christ, I've heard multiple Christ. Th- I've heard both ways it's to Christ. say it. Okay, you got me sold. Body on- of Christ. You got me sold on that. I've heard different ones. Never personally met her. I'd love to talk to her because we got some serious problems in the athletic department. And she said she's going to, oh, let, let's get a better way to pro- get self-promotion of all our programs, all our Major programs like you football and basketball, like even that? baseball. You, you got to win games. You exactly. got to bring in talented coaches. You brought. Here's the thing, you promoted Viking Jones to the head coach. What two years ago? Of already a decent program, a decent at best program, a program that looked good just because you had one really really good recruiting class, one really really good team. But guess what? Got knocked out first round of the tournament, so they really weren't that hot. Then you're gonna promote a guy in a decent program to your head coach. So you're gonna go from decent to huh? This head coach was decent. Let's hire his number two, who's probably less than decent. And this team's not even less than decent. This team's bottom feeders. This team's the worst team in all of the Power Five conferences in basketball. It's not even close. They're the worst team in the worst conference in the country. Of the Power Five conferences. Of the... I, of, I don't know. When listen, the tournament comes around, there's a lot of mid majors that are really good. You, you listen. It, of all, how the, many total of, D1 of basketball all the, teams of, are there? Of all the, there are three hundred over three hundred. There are three hundred and fifty three total D1 men's basketball. They're in like teams. the bottom five. You want? You want to listen? You want some sta- some Sam stats? I'd love some Sam stats. Give us some Sam stats, boy. According, it's like your sound effect. According to College Basketball Reference, this came out last week. The California Golden Bears, out of 353 teams nationwide, rank in defense. How many? 353 teams rank in defensive efficiency. I'll give you two guesses for what they rank out of 353. 348. No. 350. No, you guys, I gave you two whole guesses. 352 out of 353. Oh, we were both super close. That's a little generous. I thought you would start at 353 and then work backwards. That's what I would have done. 352 well, out of 350 That alone, teams. that alone should fire Viking Jones. Yeah. Look, I gave the guy one more chance this year. I had it in me. Give him one more chance. You know, but there's nothing that sells to me that he should even be a coach at any division that's program. That's defensive efficiency. Last weekend against Washington, they scored a season low in points. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's not like their offense is doing anything special. Like I would understand that if you're a team like the Rockets, like the Houston Rockets, they load up a bunch of points, they love playing isolation ball, they don't care what they give up on the defensive end because they're going to make up for on the offensive end. They're going to say, try to outscore us. 
This California team can't score. They can't stop anything. They're not even talented at any position other than maybe we already mentioned. Matt Bradley, Justice Swing are pretty good basketball players because they can do it. They're pretty good at a lot of different things. They're really good at they really good at shooting. Decent at shooting, maybe. Yeah, Matt they both not are, great. They both are really good with their vision. They both can pass. They both can rebound and put the ball on the ground. Versatility's huge. Other than that, probably wouldn't get much playing time at a lot of schools around the country. And one of the things I've noticed, just throughout the course of the season, this team has lacked an identity. This team has lacked cohesion. This team has lacked the will to win, and it's just embarrassing. My freshman, my freshman, the will to win. If you look at these score lines, you would agree with me. They're not. No, you, just because a team just because a team is really bad doesn't mean they lack the will to win. That's I think a, that's the a record. Little bit, the I think record they're lacking to differ. I think they're 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 lacking in leadership from they're the top. Lacking, they're lacking in in the experience and the leadership necessary to know you how to. You need win. experience to win in college the, basketball. I don't think that. Well, you're listen, gonna if you're gonna win with youth Ryan, and inexperience, they better be damn near top of the country. Ryan, in terms just of recruiting. just just because you lose doesn't mean you you stop wanting to win. That's all I'm saying. No, but you can get really really. Over yeah, the season, yeah, you can get mentally fatigued. Absolutely, physically. I fatigued. think they've hit that wall. I don't. Sure, but I don't think that they they've What's lost. What's their exact the win, win total right now? They have five, five, f- right? Five wins. They're zero and six in conference play. Oh, shocker! And they're hey, Ryan. What are they at neutral sites? <laughs> it, it's unimportant. But zero and three. They're zero and three in neutral. On, on What's neutral their home record? Group. That's probably worse. They are actually have a winning record at home, believe it or not. But that's what happens when you schedule a bunch of cupcakes. Oh, opponents. no, I'm talking about yeah. I guess conference. Play. Well, but here's the thing. Know. This will be Whacking Jones last year, whether they we like hope. it or not. You're, you're already in debt. You're gonna have to put yourself in a little bit more of debt if you want to make a little bit more Look, money. You gotta spend money to make money. Bingo! You gotta bring in a more experienced coach. The way to wi- the way to make money is to put a winning product on the field or on the court. I'll tell you this what. It's not helping. Ryan, there's can a, I nominate your statements for most obvious really quick, of the year. There, there's a yeah, really right. I'm down. There's I'm a way better me. coach in the Bay Area right now that's coaching at a mid-major school, and he coaches USF. Kyle Smith. Has his team Cal playing is, Cal is out not of their getting, mind? Cal's not They're not getting him. You know who? But I, they should have. They should have called him two years ago. Yeah, he would leave that school in a heartbeat. Hey, for we, a were better payday, to, we, were, we were talking to Eric Musselman two years ago too. How come we couldn't get that deal done? Not, the point I'm making here is you got to go find a coach at a smaller school that has a reason to come here because it's like Justin Wilcox. You have to find a guy that's going to want to stay here, not just try to use this as a stepping stone because it's hard to use California as a stepping stone. Look, look and you know who I think could be a. Maybe this wouldn't get us the most wins, but would definitely help us in terms of building our prestige as a program and trying to make a little bit of extra cash. No, I don't know, Ryan. Jason Kidd. Hear me out on You will this. never get Jason Kidd. He I makes think- Ryan, Ryan. He makes more money sitting on his couch every day. Who says he wouldn't want to come back and coach at his alma mater? You know how much that how would How often has he come here to represent Cal and put Cal in his you know back? What, you know what? Once, a football game last year that was on national TV, they probably had to pay him to come. You know what? I, I think that Jay- He's not coming here. I, I think if hiring- he gets offered enough money, he would definitely come. Hiring Jason Kidd would be like the kind of last ditch attempt at resuscitating. And, he, this and he's, he's coaching the. You're saying just because maybe Penny Hardaway went back to Memphis. Penny never coached the NBA. Penny was coaching high school basketball, coaching AAU tournaments. So Memphis was like a promotion. Well, It'd be a demotion for Jason Kidd to go back to the Pac-12. Well, where's the interest for the NBA? He's not going to get any more NBA after. I'll offers. tell you what. You sit around long enough, you get the right job. There's a reason coaches don't jump into jobs right away. He's been how Billy many, Donovan. How many years has he been unemployed? About a year and a half. Billy Donovan sat out a whole season waiting for the right job. Not no, Billy Donovan. Right Not Billy Donovan. OKC's old coach. I'm uh, Scott, Scott Brooks. Brooks. Scott Brooks sat out a whole year. Don't even get me started on how many times Steve Van Gundy went to ESPN and back. Jeff Van Gundy, same thing. 
They all do it. You wait for the right job. You well, don't just go jump on the first job just because he wasn't that good of a coach in the pros. If Jason so Kidd was Jason Kidd comes back to Cal, rebuilds his credibility at, as a head coach, and then goes pro. Ryan, that's definitely Ryan, you're building... He doesn't need to rebuild his credibility. He developed one of the greatest players in the world right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, by putting him at point guard. Yeah, but he didn't win. Didn't win. He made the playoffs every year. He just didn't beat LeBron James in the playoffs. The guy that went to eight straight finals. Look, half the league makes the playoffs. That's not that big of an accomplishment. That's true. I'll say that. <laughs> so you're going to tell me, oh, I'm going to go from being a playoff caliber coach to the worst team in the country in college basketball. Just think about that. Hey. Why He can go get a better job in the ACC if you want, really wanted to coach college basketball. If he, put, he can go get the UCLA job. He can get the UCLA job in a heartbeat. Why, why would he not go take that over Cal? Better recruiting system out there. You have a way better bet of prospects. Better history behind UCLA. It's easier to recruit. I think his, you have better talent there. I think his knowledge of the Cal tradition. The I, don't fact that that, he, I don't think he he's that. I don't think he's that Cal. He would attract recruits to Cal. He would boost attendance just because you have a former college Hall of Famer, NBA Hall of Famer. That's what on he your would bench. do. But how does it benefit him coming here? It's like having a show pony. It's uh, this is what I'm saying. It's the last ditch attempt to sell tickets and nothing else. I don't even I think say it's last ditch. He's an experienced coach. He's not an experienced recruiter. And that's, I think, right, what, what, the, what the team needs yeah. more than anything else. That is, that's a really good point, Sam. That is a really good point. Yeah. And so, I'm not even sold on the fact that he's that locked in on, on California. I don't think he's that invested well, or that I, I loyal a, to us. I got a bobblehead, Jason K. Bobblehead, but that's uh, that's about the, only, the, the most I've seen. I think did you're he, right, Nash. How many seasons did he even play here? He played two. 92-94. Yeah, he's going to be, he's gonna be real, real loyal to a school he spent two years at 25 years ago. See that How often has he been back here? How often has he talked about Cal? How often has he tried to help out the athletic department with some debt or donate anything to the school? He's done something. I, I given, yeah. Sure. What? What has he done? I remember he's been active in hosting the players at a barbecue. My freshman year, he did something like that. And let, let the listeners know what year in college you are now. Fair enough. So okay. it was almost three years ago now. It was two, but okay. Almost three. Two and a half. We're talking technicalities here. All right. Well, aside from this, speaking whole, of coaching, let's talk about case, yeah. Let's you, talk you about know, the right coaching staff on campus. The the sport that's actually trying to win games. Cal football with a major coaching shakeup today. Major coaching shift. Sorry, sorry. You know, I don't even want to call it a major shakeup yet. Nash wants to call it a major uh, major shakeup. But no, I said it's going to lead. It's to a some, reshuffling. Okay. It's okay. A, it's a, the, explain the, it. They're please. calling it a reshuffling. Uh, biggest changes in this reshuffling. No new coaches. Uh, biggest changes on the offensive side. Bo Baldwin is still with the team. He's still the offensive coordinator and still the play caller. He's just been moved to also coaching the quarterbacks. Uh, the wide receivers coach and the running backs coach have switched, which hopefully that injects something new into uh, into the offense is I think the reason you behind that. You know what that, that really is, Sam? Well, they, uh, running, running backs are losing uh, a lot of guys, and wide receivers have not been good for Cal these past couple of years. But anyway... Uh, That's a desperation move to try to Keep your fan base. Yeah, keep well, to keep, keep your keep the storm calm with your fan base. Like, oh, they're making moves, but you really go look into it. They haven't done anything, so it leads me to believe there's going to be some coaching additions soon, or this is the last, and I mean last, last straw for Bo Baldwin. Well, you know what? I I think uh, it's, it's that, but I think it's that, but in a in a different way because I think it's more try. You're right. It's trying to keep these coaches together, and I think Wilcus wants to keep the staff 
together, but without necessarily replacing anyone. And this is the best option for him because on the offensive side, all those coaches are being shuffled around because they haven't done a good job. The only offensive coach who's staying at his place is the O-line guy. Well, and this will be the downfall for Justin Wilcox. He's afraid to make the tough decisions. You gotta move on from a coach that's not successful. And I'm talking about Bo Baldwin. You can't just play like they're guinea pigs out there. Oh, let me just switch you to this position. Let me switch this coach to that position. It's not gonna do anything. These are lateral moves. I agree with you, but you also have to keep into consideration does Justin Wilcox have to make his decisions based on the Cal's academic or excuse me, Cal's athletic debt? You can't afford to be paying multiple coaches at once. He just got an increase in the pool for assistant coaches by six hundred thousand dollars. That that has nothing to do with the debt. Yeah, that's that's set in the coach contract. But no, no, no. The uh, yeah. Well, then maybe they should do a better job when negotiating contracts. Like if you don't if you don't exceed expectations and we fire you, you're not going to be able to be paid at this level. I think it's at will for assistance. I, well, one thing Justin Wilcox, no, one thing Justin Wilcox did do, his contract's really, really incentive based, and that's because he wanted to be able to pay Bo, Bill, Bo Baldwin and Tim DeRuiter a lot of money for being coordinated. You know, Tim DeRuiter yeah, got approached by a lot of guys. Yeah, and that's why they made uh, what's his face Peter Sermon a co-defensive coordinator. I think Cal's preparing for DeRuiter to leave for another head coaching job. Well, and honestly, I really, I mean. He, Tim Druder is a great, great defensive coordinator, but I really think Wilcox has a lot more influence than we think in that defense. Like, I don't think they would skip a beat if Druder was gone. Well, I mean, you look at Fresno State, he was able to do almost the exact same thing, turn a struggling school around, put him in a 3-4, and, you know, top top 20 but, in the country. I mean, I mean, Wilcox, obviously, his first head coaching job. Uh, he Everywhere he's been, the defenses have been literally some of the top in the country. Wisconsin, Boise State, uh, SC was the one SC, really, yeah. really bad time. But, you know, uh, as far as this re- reshuffle goes, Nash, I know you think it's it's going to be a, a precursor to Wisconsin, that's who I was forgetting. To, to having Bo Baldwin leave. But uh, been saying it probably since well, last the thing year. Is, the, the thing is, as, I think uh, with I this mean, another thing, too, sorry to cut you off. St- they're going to stay at least another year, this, this coaching Well, yeah, staff. and I think it's because you want to maintain stability for all these young quarterbacks. And, they don't really know their quarterback. And is. you can't bring someone in at this point in the year. And you're right, as far as the quarterbacks go, that was trying what to I was going to bring up. Uh, Devon Modster. I'd love to see Devon Modster challenge. It's, it's literally McElwain 2.0. We, we're going to get yeah. all hyped up. We're going to get so excited because he's the athletic, dual-threat quarterback. I was a victim of it, too. He's probably not going to do much. There's a reason the kid transferred, right? Well, there's, the other issue is the everything around the quarterback is kind of getting kid an overhaul. couldn't even start at UCLA. Everything around the quarterback kind oh, of— They were kid. dumpster— That's a bit of a loaded statement. Trying to, trying to get an overhaul done this year. Running back, running true ba- freshman start over him? Running backs uh, leaving, wide receivers mostly injured. Don't see how many. Uh, don't know how many that we're going to see back next year. It's not really all going to be a, a, the quarterback's fault if the offense goes bad again this year. But uh, uh, yeah, I think you might be right. Point. Right now, not this year, but next year if the offense doesn't work out. Both well, I, th- I think they're trying off. to trying to develop a culture on the defensive side of the ball. That's what's going to keep them competitive while they're trying to fix their offensive woes. So in a couple years, when all these guys on the defensive side of the ball graduate. It's okay. Cal will already have that system in place. They'll be known for being a defensive school. They'll probably have a good chance of recruiting a lot of really, really good defensive players in California, even though they're like fourth tier in terms of recruiting, because they're going to be known for that. And then that's when you're going to be able to start focusing your recruiting on more. Let's emphasize the offensive side of the ball now, because we already have the defensive stability. We already have that defensive culture set in place. Now, it's all speculation, but that, that's how I would interpret it. Well, talking about Cal football, got a couple of Cal football alums headed 
to the biggest game on planet Earth. Too as... bad they're on the wrong side of it. Oh, Nash. Actually, that's not true. There's one on the Patriots. It's, it's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. We need a we need an echo. Well, there's two on pedal. the wrong side. Two on the two on the Rams. Two on the Rams. One, one on, on the, the Patriots. Pats. But Jared Goff, C.J. Anderson, uh, headed to uh, headed to Atlanta. Who C.J. Anderson, by the way, has probably been the biggest acquisition in the entire NFL this season, just based off what he's done the last month. Two playoff games, week 16, week 17. He's averaging like 120 yards a game yeah. right now. Yeah, and but before I, this I last would, game, before this last game, which they were playing from behind, so it's tough to run the ball in that situation. Still led the Rams in rushing. Yeah, but obviously, what, 69 yards or 70 yards? It wasn't too high. But what I would say before that, he had three straight games over, over 120 yards. And he literally carried them over Dallas. And there's something wrong with Todd Gurley. There's a reason C.J. Anderson's the catalyst on offense in terms of running the ball. And by the way, Jared Goff. McVay's phenomenal. He's making that kid look a lot better than he really is. Oh my God! And let's we not take anything Nash. away from Jared Goff taking that next step. Nash, first let's. What next step did he take? He went from not being able to throw a football to being able to throw a football without with almost absolute precision. And what was the what was what made that change? I mean, sure, McVay had a lot to do with it. I'm not. I'm not taking. No, you're saying you take that next step, like throughout the season. It's. Oh, I'm like. saying that both things happen simultaneously. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm just saying it's not 100. percent So you McVay. say the re- reactionary upon both of them, like McVay couldn't have gone somewhere else and been this, this successful because Goff wouldn't be this successful with that. any other. Coach. I'd say that you are out of your mind. You must think... have just started watching football. If that's what you really think. Shut up, Nash. I don't think McVay could have gone. Where else would he? First of all, where else would he have gone? And where else would he have had a, a young quarterback just like Jared Goff? He doesn't need that. His his play calling is so creative. He's such a smart offensive mind, and it goes beyond that. He's just such a good head coach. He literally is, he's he's thirty two years old. Guys buy into young coaches, and have you, if you've not noticed yet, all the new hires around the league, they're starting to get. Oh, yes, who, we've noticed. Who's the next hot young coach? Sean McVay could have went into Cleveland and probably did, could have done a better job with Baker Mayfield's rookie year than. I agree. Freddie done, Kitchens is I, going to do. I agree. Would have done a better job. I don't think he, he could have, have went to Arizona. He would, he would not have gone to the Super Bowl with the Browns this year if he had been there for two years. I don't think that would have been. Well, you guys do realize Jared Goff's not even the top five best player on that roster, right? Look at look at the defensive side of the ball. Aqib Tlaib's a top five corner. Tlaib, Aaron Donald's the best player Marcus in the world right Peters, now, and it's not even close. Sue. Marcus Peters is terrible. He's overrated. Todd Gurley, probably the Ooh, best, most best, most dynamic player. In the world, and it's not even close, probably. Le'Veon Bell, but he sat out all year. Undock McCong Stu still really Undock McCong Sue still really talented. This Dante is Fowler's this having is, a career renaissance. Nash, and who, and Nash, they're really good Nash, right tackles. Got a blank on his name, right? Whitworth, right? No, Whitworth or yes. Hassan. Nash, yes. this is what I'm saying. That McVay couldn't have gone anywhere else and gone to the Super Bowl in two years. He has this great roster. He has well, this great hey, roster. Hey, why don't we talk about the game that's coming up, right? Well, well, we, we kind of are, right? We, We're talking about the team that's there. We got to go in a couple of minutes. We got to go in a couple of minutes, but here on here on Bear Talk, I mean, got two bears versus one bear. So if if Cal uh, Cal football is any metric, Rams are going to win. But I know Nash, you put money on the Patriots already. I'm pretty sure. Have not already, but Gee, I've been I many. wonder why. Well, okay, let me break this down to you. The Rams, Sean McVay, Goff duo is nowhere near as tough as the Andy Reid-Pat Mahomes duo. The Chiefs, more explosive on offense. They don't have quite the defense, but guess what? If Patriots can run the ball, which they have in the last two months, Sony Michelle, phenomenal. He'll probably be the MVP if they can run the ball. And if they can run the ball, Aaron Donald, non-factor. Undock McConkey, non-factor. Gronk's back to life. Julian Edelman's back to life. James White, most underrated player in football. All right. Well, we got one taker to leave it. It's not really a taker to leave it, but I, I just want how are you going to stop that? I just want your pick. I just explained in it. order, Lisi. 
Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay. All right. In memory of the Chicago Bears. Oh. <laughs> you see, I could root with my head here or I could root with my heart. And if superstition serves me right, the Pats will win this game. Patriots are winning the game. Yeah, Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady's falling off a cliff. The, the dynasty's done. I've heard that for the last three years. Where God, has it gotten? You sound any? like Dave Portnoy. All right, Come on. all right. Where where is that gone? All right. Well, uh, I'm going to say the Patriots are going to win, but uh, I wish both teams could lose. Uh, if it's not the Broncos, it should be no. If one. there could be like a nuclear bomb, <laughs> it's cool to see the Rams are, the stadium. I grew up in LA Patriots for 20 years, for and 20. there was never a football team. I bet it's great for St. Louis seeing this. I bet they love it. There. Well, that's part of the reason why they were able to add all these great players on defense. You're in LA. Get that cash. All right, well, that does it for Bear Talk for Sun. us this week. You can catch Cal Men's Basketball here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Colorado comes to town, and on Saturday it will be Utah at Haas Pavilion. believe a free giveaway for that game as well, but you can catch those games at Haas Pavilion or once again right here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. Coverage tips off tomorrow night at 7.55 Pacific time for the 8 p.m. tip. Once again, for Lisey Ludwig, Ryan Zimmerman, and Nash Solomon, my name is Sam Wiseman. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night. You can catch Bear Talk every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Pacific. Tune in tomorrow night at 7.55 p.m. for Colorado versus Cal here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, your Cal Sports Radio Network.